Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thank you for tuning in and joining us for this episode of The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Today's guest is Lisa Erickson. She's an energy worker specializing in women's energetics and sexual trauma healing and the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women from Llewellyn Publishing. She helps women maximize and balance their energy during key life transits such as pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, and menopause including balancing the mother-child energy line. I can't wait to dive into all of that. (laughs) She also works with women to heal emotional wounds on an energy level from abuse and assault. She's certified in mindfulness, meditation, instruction, and trauma sensitivity, and is trained in a variety of healing modalities. Lisa is passionate about helping any woman connect with their energy bodies. We're going to learn more Today, talking with her about chakra empowerment for women, help me welcome, it's Lisa Erickson. How are you, Lisa? I'm great, Josh. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. I said before we went on the air here that I am a fan of this topic, probably because I don't know enough about it, but I'm, I'm always open to, to learning all about this. I've recently, and I say recently, it's been the past two years or so, I got into meditation. I value mm-hmm. it. I rely on it. I need it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Wasn't always the case, but it's one of those things that until you're ready to hear something, that's the only time you'll embrace it. Um, so I, I know that this is all in the direction. Help me understand. Let's say I know absolutely nothing about what a chakra is. I know that they're, that they're energy fields or places in our body. For the person listening, what, is, what does all this mean? What are we really talking about? Well, energy centers, chakras are energy centers that are located or correspond to different parts in our physical body. And there's many different types of meditation, right? Many of us learn to meditate simply focusing on our breath. But chakra meditation involves focusing on those particular energy centers in your body. And each one has different emotions, 
different psychological functions associated with it. In energy medicine, they're also associated with different parts of the body. So you would focus on different energy centers to help heal different different ailments as well. But with, from, a, from a perspective of kind of psychological health, personal empowerment, personal growth, there are centers in your body that you focus on in different ways. And I work with both men and women, but this particular book is really focused on some of the specifics of how women can work with them because there's differences in how the chakras or our energy functions between men and women. How would, um, perhaps on a stereotypical sense, just at least so we can get a difference here, because I know some of these, some of the work you do with women is specific to, to pregnancy and menopause. Where, where, can the, where can the man enter this conversation? Where's the benefit perhaps specifically for a man? Yeah. Well, I think chakra meditation is really for anyone. And the, the two most, the two chakras that are really the most interesting or helpful for most people in their daily life is either to focus on your, what's called your navel center. So really bringing, you can even put your hands just right below your belly and visualize a ball of light there and use that as your anchor for your meditation. And I don't know what form of meditation you've been doing, but a lot of meditations focus on the rise and fall of the belly as you breathe. Sometimes that, this is very similar to that. You're just adding that component of visualizing light there. And what that does is that activates what's called our energy body. And this particular chakra is a center of our personal power, our concentration, our focus. So you would focus here specifically when what you're seeking is to focus your energies. Perhaps you're feeling very frenetic. Perhaps you're feeling indecisive. This would be the center that you would focus on. By contrast, say what you really needed was to calm yourself down. You're feeling stressed or you're feeling uh, uh, uptight and rigid. Then you might instead focus on the heart center right? You might focus here, visualize light here in your chest. And as you breathe, imagine that that is getting brighter. This center is a folk, you know, it's connected to our heart. It's connected with those feelings of sort of inner peace, uh, equanimity, um, de-stressing, also love and compassion and those kind of feelings. So when you're feeling very uh, emotionally off balance, you might instead focus there. So this is just at a very high level how working with the chakras can be helpful. There's a throat chakra that's related to speech, right? There's a third eye that's related to intuition and insight. So there, there's all, each center has different, different aspects of you that it brings forward when you focus on it. So it sounds like this is something that whether we're focusing on it or not exists what you help do is draw the attention and focus and awareness to it. Because again, these chakras exist, whether we're aware of them or not. What you help connect is the awareness and usefulness of it and bring that out for the goal that you want in that moment. Yeah, they exist just like your stomach and your lungs exist, whether you're focusing on them or not. And really, all energy medicine traditions have some mapping of this. You know, things like acupuncture, uh, you know, and Reiki that at this point have gotten pretty popular, pretty well known. They're working at this energy body level. And that's so this working with it in this way consciously is just a way of you becoming aware of these energy flows that are that are always functioning. I was attracted to two things you were you were just bringing up with the chakras the the throat which you said is a uh, connected to speech very intrigued to hear more about that 
Yeah. The throat chakra is connected to speech and our ability to communicate, but really it's connected to authenticity because what it's considered is a gateway chakra. Like how, how do we communicate who we are inside with the outside world? We might use this function of speech and really throat chakra in a way as our whole presentation, not just the words we say, but our whole presentation. We might use it to, in fact, block people from how we're really feeling or who we really are, right? Or we might use it to truly connect. So that's really what working with this chakra is about. It's not just about clarity of speech. It's also about authenticity. How do you connect your inner and your outer world? It's an interface. Hmm. And then what about this one, the, uh, in the middle of the forehead, the third eye, what is that intuition you said? Yeah. Well, and also insight. It's really, how do we, the way we see things beyond our physical sight. So it's just, you meet up with a friend. I mean, a very simple example, and he's telling you everything's fine, but you're feeling he's off somehow. You just have this intuition, like something's going on. He's not telling you. Right. And maybe later you find out, oh, him and his wife are having problems. They're actually splitting up. He didn't want to share that in that moment, but you felt it. Right. That is whether you call that intuition, insight, uh, emotional intelligence, it's all linked to some extent with our third eye. Do you, do you see men and women um, processing all of this and uh, impacted by their daily events. Is there a true difference? I know on the surface we could identify how men and women differ, but from your point of view, how do we differ? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a spectrum, right? It, it, there's a big spectrum. I never like to be too binary about it, right? Especially these days, we're really how, realizing how much gender is a construct and all of that. But we have two main levels that we're functioning at. One is our conditioning. And the other is very true differences in energy bodies. Just like there's differences in our physical body, the energy body is an interface between, you could say, our physical body and our spirit, for, for lack of a better word, whatever that word spirit means to you, right? So there is a layer of the energy body that's actually different for women. And I, and I can get into that in a minute. But first, speaking at the level of conditioning, for the most part, and I have boy-girl twins among my three kids, two are boy-girl twins the same age, and even you know, considering myself a progressive parent and all that, I'm still stunned by the level of gender conditioning that we get around emotions, for example. How uh, boys are really conditioned not to express certain emotions, that those are considered weak, that's still very prevalent. And how that then plays out in terms of their own emotional intelligence, their ability to access their intuition around other people's emotions, whereas women are conditioned to almost rely on that. So all of that kind of conditioning impacts which of our chakras we're sort of innately connected to and which not. What we are, what energies, because our chakras are also receptors for the energies we're picking up from others, which we're open to and which we're not. So that's kind of the first level answer. I can keep going down the energy tech stuff, but I'll let you uh, jump yeah, in there. That's, um, I, I like how you brought up that our, our chakras are, are, are giving and receiving, right, information. Mm -hmm. How do we know which, I, I think the words you used are, um, what is the word you use? Like, like you said, like um, some of the chakras are, are more open or more receptive than others. How can we take a, a self-eval with that? Well, the chakras are one method for doing that. I think any personal growth trajectory, you're usually looking at yourself and you're discovering where you are blocked or what are your gifts, right? That's kind of the two natures of any personal development work. It's either focused on what are your gifts and how do you bring those out 
right? In what you're doing or how are you blocked? What are you, what do you need to work on? And the chakras are just another tool for doing that. Um, in my book, I'm really focused on women, but there's other books. I, I think a lot of it's helpful for men too, but it's really focused in on what are the psychological functions associated with each chakra and how might it manifest if it's blocked. For example, with the throat, uh, someone might be an under talker or an over talker. Like an under talker is someone like, how was your day? Fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? How did your meeting go? Right. You know, it's like this bare minimum information. Right. And it's really like their speech is almost a wall. They really don't want to let people in there. Maybe it's, maybe it manifests as shyness. Right. Over talking is just talking constantly, but never saying anything of substance. And that's its own kind of wall. Right. It's not actually speech that is about connecting. Mm. There's no feedback loop. Right. So that would be one way of looking at, oh, okay is what's going on at the throat chakra level. And you could work then both psychologically and also just in terms of meditating on your throat chakra, trying to bring some balance to it. And that is a helps with the process of shifting that pattern for yourself. How do we, how do we adjust this focus to the business world? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, uh, and I know because I've listened to some of your podcasts, <laughs> you know, a lot of business, especially now I'm in my own business, right? It is about your authenticity. You're in your power when you are really aware of what your gifts are and you are confident enough to express them, right? And confident enough to receive feedback, right? So the chakras are relevant from the perspective of it is one tool for personal growth and as you personally grow, that impacts how you function in business, especially if you have your own business. And what is the person listening who is an entrepreneur, is a business person, what should they, wherever they fall on this, on this spectrum of, um, I know nothing about chakras or, you know, I've, I've been working with them for a little bit. What should they be doing now? What should they be doing next? What should they be doing daily or ongoing in this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really about where is your personal power? It is looking at these two things. What are my gifts and how do I actually magnify those? And you might work chakrically. If you know that speech is one of your gifts, then you're really working on that throat chakra magnifying that. For those who do yoga, which I think is in the West, often the first pathway into the chakras because physical yoga, of course, comes from ancient India and it was originally... Those postures that are taught in yoga were originally designed around smoothing and activating energy flows in the body, the chakras. It's really all chakra-based. So in fact, each of the chakras has different yoga postures that are associated with activating or soothing it. So for anyone doing yoga out there, they're already kind of doing this work and you can work with your yoga practice as well as meditation of the kinds of things that I, that I put in my book to work with that. Like if speech is a big gift of yours. Um, if you work in a, say, a caretaker field, you're in the health field or you're, in a, you're a therapist or something like that, staying connected to your heart, avoiding burnout, these are all heart chakra issues. If you're really in a goal-oriented phase, you're pushing right now, you have, uh, you know, you're, you're growing your business and you're in that just climbing the mountain phase, that is all about root chakra and navel chakra, personal power and manifesting, right? And those chakras are where you might focus and you might find that helpful to help you really generate this power to move forward. 
Then there's other subtler things that have a lot to do with boundaries, energetic boundaries. And that's a lot with what I work with with women. Women tend to have greater challenges when it comes to energetic boundaries and things like that. Did you say root chakra? Where is that? Yeah. That is, a, it's linked to your tailbone and your feet. It's like the, you know, the chakras are aligned uh, along the spine. There's in different systems, there's anywhere from five to 10. I'm more, I work with the main chakra system in the West, which is really usually considered to be seven main chakras. And the base one is your seat. It's literally your tailbone, the base of your spine. Wow. And that's important because I'm, I'm perking up because in my, in my business, that's where I am. Uh, growth mm-hmm. stage, climbing that mountain. So mm-hmm. it would benefit me to focus on the root. Mm-hmm. And the navel, which is power, right? Navel is like action in the world. It's like empowering your ability to get things done and do things. Root is like staying real, right? Like someone who is not in their root chakra, lots of ideas, right? And one day they're doing this idea. Next, they're doing this idea. Oh, I'm going to do this. My, my path to marketing is going to be this whole email campaign. And then you talk to them a week later. Oh, no, I, that, I decided that wasn't. It's this one, right? It's all here, but there's nothing. There's, it's not grounded. There's no action happening, right? And some people are the opposite, actually. They're really good. They're really good task managers, but they don't have vision. So then that person needs third eye, right? They need to open up. What do I need to see differently? So this, this is a one, another way to work with the chakras is where, you know, what am I strong or, or, or weak in, in relationship to building my business? Do you ever find there are people that resist this kind of thing that, nah, that's, that's hokey pokey. That's not true. That won't work for me. I don't need it. Any of those things? Yeah. Well, it's not for everybody. I mean, if someone comes to me as a client, no, they're usually past that already. Right. Right. <laughs> Although occasionally I do get a husband that a wife sent. So then uh, sometimes there's a little bit like, you know, prove it to me. Um, But it's interesting because there are whole branches of psychotherapy that use the chakras. Carl Jung, one of the founders of Western psychology, was really into the chakras as a map for different psychological functions. And so that you can relate to the chakras less as this is an energy center in my body, I'm empowering. If that sort of turns you off, you can relate to it more as just, a mapping of seven different psychological functions and which are strong in you and which are weak. And you can kind of use it almost as a tool for looking at yourself in that way. Hmm. So there's different doorways in, I would say. Yeah. And they're all, uh, I don't want to say the word real, but this isn't, this isn't debatable, right? Whether or not they exist. Not to me, but uh, I think it's really experiential. What I do say to people that if I'm, say, teaching a class is if you focus on the, you know, the three first chakras most people focus on is in meditation would be the navel, the heart, and maybe the third eye. If you focus on them daily for six weeks, you will start to feel something there. You will start to feel energy. I've never had anyone who within six weeks of daily practice didn't eventually feel energy in one of those three centers. So then it becomes real to you. So I think this is something that is experiential. You give it a try. It isn't about adopting a theology. It's about giving, a, giving something a try and seeing if it's a benefit to you. What's the heart one? That this is really compassion. Also, though, feeling centered in yourself, um, it, relating to others. In the context of business, it's your ability to attract Mm. and interact with people who support what you're doing. Wow. Wow. I mean, that I know is, is, I mean, I get the power 
of that and really the need of that. If you don't have that cooperation, call it what you will, in one way or another from the people, the universe, clients, potential clients, your audience, if you don't have that cooperation, there is no business. There's no forward motion. There's no momentum. So however, like you said, however you want to enter into this conversation, we need that. I like that. The, the heart is to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and have you, have you met people in business who didn't have that? In other words, they were like, oh, I'm just going to kind of go in my cave and create what I'm going to create. They kind of build it and they will come mentality, which sometimes occasionally works with a niche product or something, but it's really like they're afraid to interact. So they don't network and get that support and they don't create that feedback loop. Usually it doesn't turn out very well, right? Usually it's a kind of hiding. It's, uh, and they may have great ideas, great vision. They may also have great execution, that root and navel chakra functions, but they don't have that ability to connect with people. So then there's no buyers, there's no clients, right? Yeah, I spent, uh, I spent 40 years there, you know, hiding behind <laughs> everything and just hoping that, oh, this is a great product or a wonderful service. Shouldn't people sign up for it or, you know, um, uh, anoint me um, capable and valid to be able to be doing it? And that, that, that just doesn't work. That's why a lot of this is attracting me in this current time of my life, because I'm seeing the real results. I'm seeing what's possible. I'm seeing what it takes. I'm seeing the results of, you know, really coming out of my shell and of hiding and stepping into my fear and not retreating from it. And this is just a great next, next step. So if I already meditate, if I'm, if I'm a, if I'm a fan, if I'm on board, if I want to take it further tonight during my medication, uh, med medication, exactly. <laughs> Your meditation, medication. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> tonight during my meditation, you say focus on, let's say my heart, let's, you know, it could be my, my, my belly area, my, my third eye mind here, or let's say my heart, because for some reason I'm attracted to that one right now. Um, what do I do? So you would, you could place your hands one on top of the other on your chest. Some people find that kind of physical contact helpful. Some don't. And then just visualize inside your chest, this growing ball of light. If you like, you can do affirmations along with that. I use that a lot in the book. Some people like affirmations. Some people don't. These are statements that are really uh, putting forth what it is you're trying to connect to the, 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 the aspect of the heart you're trying to connect to. So it may be I am centered in my authentic self, right? I connect with people who truly believe and support me. Whatever, you can do that kind of thing. Or you can just sit and really just empower, visualize this light in your chest. If you were to do that for six weeks, I think you'd feel it sooner, but uh, eventually you'll start feeling a warmth there. And then you can let go of the visual and just focus on that warmth man magnetizing or uh, uh, increasing. Uh, it's really a way of, it really shifts you. It impacts your psyche. It impacts your body on a way that is difficult to measure. It's interesting. There's an organization called HeartMath, which does a lot of research on the electromagnetic field of the heart and how we, when we focus here, how it actually increases. Our heart has an electromagnetic field and there's more and more understanding of how our electromagnetic fields impact each other when we're interacting. And I think at some point, all of this will meet up you know, in terms of uh, in understandings of why chakra work is beneficial to people and science. They'll come together at some point. Do you know the book I'm currently reading? It's called Creating Money. 
No, I have a similar book called Creating on Purpose, but tell me about this one. <laughs> yeah, it's called Creating Money. Uh, the subtitle is Attracting Abundance. Mm-hmm. And it's literally, it sounds like it's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it just trains you and teaches you and opens you up to those feelings first that you have to embody and encompass and put out into the energy field what you want, how you want it, what you expect, live it, feel it, breathe it, expect it, believe in it. You know, I know there's a lot of overlap in, in a variety of uh, teachings that, that, that sit with that theory. And um, it's just, it, it just seems like whether we're aware of it or not, the thing that has to become, and what we're talking about, it seems, is just being a little more deliberate about it. Exactly. And and for some people that's helpful and others not. But what I find valuable about the chakra work is that you are focused on that feeling because mm-hmm. it's very easy, for example, to just do a vision board and make a list of goals and say, put out your affirmations of what you're going to have happen. But inside what you're really dealing, feeling is that's never going to happen. That's not real. Right. And then that is, you're still hiding, right? You're, you're not actually uh, dealing, working with the fears. So in this, with chakra work, what it's really doing is it's helping you actually feel and cultivate the feelings of what you want more of in your life, right? Or, and if it's connected to what you're trying to feel, right? Whether it's more confidence, more authentic, you're practicing it. We use this word for meditation. We call it a meditation practice. What you're doing in your meditation is practicing what you want more of. In the case of chakra meditation, it may be a specific emotion or feeling that's linked to your goals. So that's helpful for some people and for others, it's not the right modality, you know? Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. How did you come about all this? I want to connect the dots and go back to the very beginning. Paint the picture for us. What was life like growing up for Lisa? Well, I was raised in the Air Force, so I was an Air Force brat, and I moved all over. And I was, so I was always the new kid. And I think that shaped me in a lot of ways. On, on the one hand, it did make me social. Um, but it also created a very people-pleasing personality because what do you do when you come into a new school? You look around and you try to figure out how do I fit in, right? So then it's very hard to know who you are because your whole modality in the life, in your life is how do I fit in here? Hmm. And I think anyone can fall into that pattern. I think women tend to fall into it even more because we tend to be conditioned around relationship and that our worth is linked to our relationship a lot of the time. So I find this pattern even more prevalent in women than men, but I think it happens in both genders. 
You know, so when I got to college, I think I was a, a, a little bit lost and I started experiencing stress headaches and things like that. And that's what initially brought me to meditation. Hmm. So I started meditating and I then went into a techno- technology career very, for many years. I worked in technology and I really loved that for about 15 years. I lived in New York, I had a very fast paced life. And throughout all that, my meditation practice, and my meditation studies were really what kept me sane, what kept me centered, and they became a pathway for personal growth for me. Eventually, I started studying energy healing and transitioning into this work, especially after I had kids. But the real impetus was just um, how meditation benefited me in my life. It started you know, very slowly, really. What was the turn um, from all that to a life in energy practice? Though? What was that? Oh, yeah. okay, this is where I'm going. Yeah. You know, it, it was sort of like it was a dream. And then I had three kids in two years at the age of 38 and 40. <laughs> and, wow. and, and that really stopped me in my tracks. And in fact, after the birth of my first child, I had, I'd already been meditating 15, 16 years. I had a major health crisis and it really stopped me in my tracks because I'd always been healthy. And I thought because I did all this energy work on myself, almost like I was immune to health issues. And that set me down this path of researching women's energetics. Like, what are the differences in women's energy? How do I need to work with my energy body differently now that I'm a mother? And I became so engrossed in that, I really decided I wanted to make that my field and transition into that line of work, which I did gradually as I returned. Instead of returning back to my technology career, I did this whole pivot, which is now 15. My oldest one is 15 years old now. So that was 15 years ago. (laughs) What was the nature of the crisis? I had a, I had a gallbladder attack, which is actually not that uncommon um, uh, postpartum. Uh, my daughter was six weeks old, and then I had a series of infections mm. uh, that that I first got in the hospital. It's called C diff, and it just took me out three rounds. You know, the whole first six months, and then nine months later, I was pregnant with twins. So it was really this whole year of just, yeah, after 15 years living in New York and being a technology executive, all of a sudden I'm home with three kids and, you know, was going to go back to work, but this health crisis had delayed it, but it turned out to be a gift. It's one of those things in your life where this great crisis ended up being this turning point and this great gift in terms of where my life went afterwards. Tell me more about that. I'm uh, I'm a believer of that too, but I, I'd like your first-hand take on it. How can a crisis be the gift? Well, it strips you down and it forces you to prioritize and really look at what matters to you. Often when we face a crisis, there's some disillusionment involved. There's some either crippling self-doubt, depression, or someone in the world, is, something has let us down, something hasn't panned out the way we thought. And so when you're facing all of that, you're questioning everything. You're questioning the foundation of your life. And as you come back from that, there's a real opportunity to not give a fuck. (laughs) Oh, do you have to bleep that? I don't know. (laughs) What anyone else thinks and to finally start creating your life for yourself, right? Uh, And I think that is, is really what happened for me. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm also in the middle of the miracle morning, which Mm. I've, I've heard of it for a long time. And finally it's fitting my schedule. I'm like, well, that's going to be the audio book I, I get now. And uh, because I'm already an early riser, thankfully. And I'm like, oh, I should probably connect some dots and take it a little further. Uh, but the, the author, Hal Elrod talks about twice in his life, he hit below rock bottom and he looks at both of those events, um, as the best 
thing that could have happened. And that's mm-hmm. why I wanted your expansion mm-hmm. on that because it's the same same concept. So it's not really what happens to us, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that may play a role in where we end up going, but no, I think it's more about having the rug pulled out from underneath you and then the feeling of having to build up from scratch. And this time not doing it based on what you were told you were supposed to want or do, which is what we tend to do when we're growing up. This time really doing it from what do I want? And depending on when it happens in your life, there's also this sense of mortality, right? Like, you know, when this happened for me, because I had my kids later, you know, I was already getting close to 40 and you're really going, oh, this isn't endless, right? Like, what do I really want to do? This isn't going to go on forever. So there's a little bit of that in there too. Yeah. I'm glad you brought mortality into it because I had, I had kids, I guess the same time, right in the middle of your two, my, my first child, I was 39 and um, it happened not really by accident. You know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, like the biblical sense, like here's a, here's a child for girlfriend at the time. Um, but we weren't trying per se, but I always say that I, I knew I wasn't going to be finding myself in any sort of m- maturity in life to say, honey, now's the time we're going to start a family and have children. But the powers that be knew that it was time in this way. And I got the call from my girlfriend at the time. And she said, are you sitting down? And I said, yes. And she says, we're pregnant. And my immediate reaction was, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, I always wanted to be a father. This is great. I'm in. Let's do it. The point was that it took now my two adoring children, it took them to be my mirror to say, all right, you have to stop all this nonsense of a way you've been living and really figure it out because you're better than this and it's not going to last forever. Yeah, I think that's right. I think parenting, you've identified exactly these two growth trajectories it brings into our life. One is that as you're raising a child, you really look at yourself more deeply, your own childhood. Sometimes you find yourself saying things that you thought you would never say as a parent. And so you really, you face your own conditioning, right? And, and, and all of that. And then you also, uh, you know, it really forces you to grow up. That's the bottom line and take responsibility for your own life, right? Because you're now responsible for someone else. And it's sad, but sometimes we can't like take responsibility for ourselves until we have responsibility for others. And then we really grow into that, you know? Hmm. So for some people, parenting, I think, really kicks us into gear. Yeah. Not for everyone, but... (laughs) Because I realized early on in their lives, I mean, they're only six and four now, but even earlier in their lives, I realized after a short while, I said, oh, I see what's happening. I'm the child in this. (laughs) Yeah. I got work to do. I'm... uh, I'm going to be over here. I'm going to go play in the corner for a little bit. (laughs) Some things. You guys go. You're doing great. And that's, yeah, uh, that's what I'm trying desperately to, uh, you know, figure yeah. out and make it go. But you're, uh, you have kids in the teens, right? How's that? Yeah. So I have a 15 year old and 13 year old twins. And so that's a whole nother journey because they are separating from you, right? They're trying to create their own identity. To some extent, they have to push away from you. It's really this push and pull. Like one day you're still their best friend, like you were when they were five. And then the next day, everything you say, you know, gets an eye roll, you know, so (laughs) it's very humbling. And you have to kind of roll with this. 
And it's a whole new, it's a whole new relationship and a whole new, you know, growth opportunity for me too, in terms of letting go. Parenthood is basically this one long process of letting go. Oh my Um, God. I'm already getting choked up. Sorry. Enjoy enjoy where you are, but yes. Yeah. And for women, there's this energy, this is energy line. And that's another thing that I, that I work a lot with is uh, for both parents, we have these energy lines to our children. And you may have experienced that. Like you almost feel their emotions as your own, if they're hurting it can like get you so upset, right? It's, uh, and that women, there's actually on an energy body level, an energetic line that makes that even more intense. And so women often learn, need to learn to work with that a little bit and not take on their children's emotions as their own, learn how to nurture as opposed to process their emotions for them. And I'm also very aware that it's also about allowing them to experience life. I can't protect them in every way. I can't do everything for them so they never feel pain or never feel hurt or discomfort. In Mm -hmm. fact, that's doing them a disservice. Mm -hmm. I'm talking it through in real time because I know that I just want to, I mean, believe me, my children, thankfully, they're as independent as they can be. They're very strong. They're, They're type A, which I'm not. Uh, but they got that. They want to be first. They want to do it. They want to win. They want to all for themselves. And I just have to sort of allow them to fall when they, when they. Yeah. Which is very hard. And as they get older, the stakes feel bigger. Right. Um, and, and we get, and, and this is what's kind of led to this phrase, helicopter parenting, right? That so many of us in this generation are actually mediating all of our kids' challenges. We're talking to the coach, we're talking to the teacher, we're mediating all their challenges for them and they're not developing resilience, right? And so part of parenting is that process of, yeah, just letting them fail, holding it, you know, letting them process that, not trying to shield them from that. And that, that really, that happens on an energetic level too, just letting them be. It's not easy. Mm, so much to, to take in there. My brand, The Hidden Entrepreneur, founded on the premise that I spent a lifetime hiding behind fear, using that as the excuse, taking no responsibility for much of anything. I want to hear from you. What comes to mind? Tell us a time when you any point in your life were confronted with a boatload of fear, you knew it can go in either direction. You could retreat, but you knew you had to power through. Mm, that's interesting. I feel like it's happened so many times. I already spoke about the time after when I was ill after my child's birth, but I think now I'll talk about one more recent because this book coming out, you know, it was something I'd worked for for years. It's based on the work that I've been doing for 10 years. I didn't have any time to write it, right? Because I have three kids and I had a client. So every time to write it, I finally get it out. It's this, you know, I, I thought I was going to self-publish it. A publisher picked it up instead that, you know, this was great, right? And it's coming out last year, and all of a sudden, a couple months before it's about to come out, I just start having waves of fear around it. Because uh, a lot of people where I live, I live in a typical suburb, and a lot of people don't really even know what I do. I do it in the comfort of my own home. All of a sudden, I was going public, and I had this tremendous fear around how people would react to that. It was like all those old people-pleasing fears from when I was the new kid in school that I thought I had worked through rose up. And this is my experience of growth is that we often uh, spiral. It's like we circle back to these same issues on a deeper and deeper level. And I was going through this whole new round of fear around that. And I really just had to uh, really work with myself and 
you know, believe and put myself out there. And the response has been really great so far. It's been a totally positive experience, including talking to a lot of people like you, right? But it really was interesting how I thought I had worked through that and then it came back in a new way. It's so fascinating. Tell me if I'm hearing exactly what you're saying. There are, we experience at different points in our lives, generally consistent types of fears and insecurities and concerns then we'll get through them, we'll experience some great growth based on our actions and things we're doing and putting out there, and then we'll reach the next level. And then again, because it's new and different, a lot of those same fears and insecurities and concerns will come right back around. We're being mm-hmm. tested and challenged, but there because that's, that's what we get each level, that's, that's the test for the next round, right? That's kind of how I view it. And some people would yeah. say, oh, that's my life lesson then, you know, or however you view it. Yeah. And, and so whenever I have those feelings now, I view them as a sign. Oh, okay. I'm moving forward. I'm, I'm moving place. forward. Right. This is great. Right. And I know how to do it. I, I know how to move forward. I know how to face this fear. Uh, so I'll just, I'll just keep moving forward. Right. Sometimes I need to regroup. I need a little bit more self-care, whatever it is I need, but I know it's a sign to just move forward. It's not a sign to stop which is in the earlier days how I would have maybe have taken it. Oh, it means this isn't the right path for me. I'm not supposed to do this. There's too many obstacles. It's too hard, right? Now it's more like, no, it's a sign I am moving forward. This particular fear is in me. It's not an omen, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like whether you're reaching your first $100,000, 1 million or 10 million, it's always new to the person. Don't think that the business owner who's at 10 million going for a hundred isn't scared out of their mind. That's untapped territory for them. It's really no simpler. There's still a lot of fear around that. It's just how we internalize it, process it and move through it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's it's risk. What is risk to us? For one person talking in front of a group of people is not risk at all. They're totally comfortable to someone else. That's like a huge step, right? Uh, and so there's always a certain amount of risk in what's triggering for you and just really challenging yourself to keep expanding those, those, that, those boundaries and your self-perception of what you're capable of. For me, I keep going back to the mortality um, concept. Um, I turned 45 this year and on, you know, on some level, or I should say we're already in 2020. So last year. <laughs> yeah. This year, I'm going to be 46. But I, my last birthday, I was 45. And I, I was almost like, how would 45? That's no youngster, right? I mean, I still have a, a lot to go. But, you know, it's like, I'm, I mean, my, this is kind of, how did I get here? It's kind of crazy. Uh, and, then, and then with the, you know, with the two children staring at me, I'm like, I'm just trying to put all this into perspective for myself. And I realized, best case scenario, my life's half over. That's best case, right? If I make it to 90, that's, that's a win on, on many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not even guaranteed that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, let me put all this into perspective and mm-hmm. realize that any moment, anything could happen. And what's it all mean? It means that I want to make the absolute best that I can. Yeah. And I take that, I'm, I'm very aware of that these days on um, doing what, we know we're capable of doing because I, I, I didn't. I just ignored all that yeah. my whole life. And now's the time. 
Yeah, you can't waste a minute. And I think the other thing that comes with uh, aging is we do look around and go, oh, look at all these people that did follow the rules and they don't seem any happier. They don't, they don't just, right? Like you all of a sudden realize there really aren't any rules. <laughs> you were told do this and do this and do that. And that leads to happiness or this, this is what success looks like. This is what accomplishment looks like. But we start looking at our college and high school friends and it's not so straightforward, right? Which path led to happiness and which didn't. And so that frees us up frees us up to really go, you know, what is trying to come through me? What is trying to grow? What can I do? Um, and I think that's, that's really what it is about. Yeah. What mantra do you live by today? Oh, gosh. Oh, for me, you know, it's, it's spiritual. So we haven't gotten so much into that in this, but it would really be, we are all light. I mean, that would be, we are all interdependent, maybe, would be the, the word that I would use, that we're all connected. I would tell say. Me. Yeah, tell me about that. that. Well, I think uh, more and more, and this this is also I am a practicing Buddhist as well. Which my wow. chakra work, yeah, my chakra work is not really Buddhist based, but that's my personal path as well. And so it's really based on this understanding that we are all interconnected, and whatever we're doing, it's benefiting not only ourselves but others. So really, going through life with the motivation the motivation that what you're doing is beneficial for yourself and others. And it's totally fine for something you do to be beneficial to yourselves, but that radiates out and benefits others, right? It's kind of like, I can grow my business. I can grow what I'm doing in life and it doesn't have to harm anyone else. It's not at the expense of others. We're not all, it's not this pie that's limited and we're all trying to get certain pieces would be the way maybe to apply it to business, to really just have this sense of not coming from a place of comparison and competitiveness, but from this place of we're all light and we're all just trying to shine a little brighter and there's no, my light getting bright doesn't mean someone else's have to go out and someone else's light getting bright doesn't mean mine is less. That, that's really where I'm coming from. Yeah. What is the core message you like to teach? Mm. Really that you are way more powerful than you realize. That we all have a lot more capacity than we realize. And if we can become aware of our internal blocks to that, our internal obstructions, and work through them, we'll manifest it. Yeah, I, I'm a complete working case study of that today, two years plus in the making with that, because 40 plus years prior, I shunned all that. And I was, you know, um, that type of person. Today, I am testing that boundary. So I'm a, I'm an active testament to um, what we are really capable of. Why do you think that, as human beings, is it a quote unquote choice that we like? Why do we resist if we have this massive potential? Why is the universe designed to allow us to? What's keeping us? Yeah, I don't know why the universe is designed that way. That's like above my pay grade, I would say. <laughs> would be my way of saying that. But I think it's just uh, the way that it's just the path of growth. The way that we grow is against resistance. Like, how do you realize that you have more power is 
having to prove it to yourself, right? So there has to be something in your way that you're pushing through. So I think that's really what it means to be in a human body is we all have our own kind of, it's like we're each a seed. We don't know when you get this packet of seeds and you don't know if it's a sunflower seed or a rose seed or whatever it is, right? Till you plant it, it has to push up through the dirt and then it blooms. And we all have to just kind of push up through the dirt and, and bloom. And, and we each have this individual path to doing that and individual obstacles to doing that, which really show us who we are. Hmm. Really show us who we are. I love so much about this conversation. In wrapping this up, thinking back onto what we discussed today and for the person listening, what's the final piece of the puzzle that they still need to hear going forward? What still needs to be said? Growth occurs from the inside out. So if there's something in your life you want to manifest out there in the external world, great. Go through all the steps of your goal setting and your breaking things down and and your business plan and all of that. But then really focus on internally, what are the parts of me that don't believe I can do this? And try to let them go. Work on those parts and try to empower the feelings and the capacities and the gifts that you do have that do contribute to your ability to do that. So really focus on the inner part of the work and doing both of those things together is magic. Couldn't agree more. My goodness, Lisa Erickson, this has been a phenomenal discussion. I know one we could carry on for hours more. How do people keep the conversation with you going forward? Well, if it, women in particular, if they're interested in the book Chakra Empowerment for Women, it has a lot of these kinds of things in it and more. And then I do work with both men and women. And we didn't get into sexual trauma healing, but I do a lot of that with both men and women. So if there's anyone out there that is a sexual trauma survivor and wants to explore this as a modality, they can go to my website, enlightenedenergetics.com. I want to give that the uh, respect it deserves. Is there anything further you want to expand on on that topic to talk to that person? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different pathways to healing from sexual trauma, of course, counseling and therapy and all of that. For some people, meditation and energy work can be very helpful. It's very individual. TheBreatheNetwork.org is a great organization for sexual trauma survivors looking for holistic healing. My own website is EnlightenedEnergetics.com. And then, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of that, all under Chakra Empowerment. Wonderful. We'll certainly link to all of that in and around the episode. This has been phenomenal. Lisa Erickson, thank you so much for uh, showing up and opening up as you did. This was a pleasure. Thank you, Josh. It's been a great pleasure. And it's also a pleasure having each and every one of you tune in as you do. Uh, If you got anything out of this, wherever you're consuming the podcast episode, feel free to leave a review. I really enjoy continuing to uh, hear from you and read your reviews. They are wonderful. So thank you for that. We're going to have another episode, as always, not too far behind. Until we do, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.